Yo. Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show. Autumn is a best-selling author, popular speaker, and wife who is obsessed with her husband and four crazy kids. She is also the CEO of the Autumn Miles Ministry, as well as a lipstick and lash enthusiast. Autumn's vision is to speak to the culture with bold truth and challenge you to act in raw faith. Here's Autumn Miles. Hey guys, it's Autumn with the Autumn Miles Show. Oh my goodness, do we have a guest for you guys today. I'm really excited about um, what we're going to talk about. I don't want to get to it quite yet. Thank you guys so much for listening. Just hearing from you guys makes all the difference in the world. You can follow us on social media, um, Instagram, Autumn Miles, uh, Facebook, Autumn Miles, and Twitter. I'm there, but I think I have like, you know, six followers. But we are definitely on Instagram and Facebook, super, super active. And we answer 100% of our messages, 100%. We get thousands of messages from you guys. And we, our team answers all of them. We had, I was uh, traveling to South Carolina last week and um, we had a gal, she's been following along for years. And she said, I guess I'll send you a message now because I know you guys actually answer them. And I um, was really moved by that because I'm thinking, oh my goodness, you follow us along if you have a question or whatever. Of course, we do get to them. Um, it's a giant feat too because you know a lot, there's a ton of messages that come through. So I'm talking really fast because I want to get to my guest today. Y'all know I am about bold truth of God's word. And we encourage, encourage and stress raw faith, not religious fake faith, raw faith, um, not a packaged faith, something that you can predict that you call faith. I'm talking about Joshua's marching around Jericho, believing in the word alone that that wall is going to crumble. That's the kind of faith that we encourage on our show. That is something that, um, that we all, God has called us all to something. And, um, without faith is impossible to please God. I want to introduce you to my guest today. Her name is Susie Larson. She is a veteran in radio, y'all. So like I said earlier, I'm hoping she's going to give me some tips. Um, she's written many, 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 many books. Um, and she has, she's written one that I want to talk about today that is called Fully Alive. It came out in October, but its message is so evergreen. It's so relevant. Welcome to the show, Susie. How are you? Autumn, I just love you already. We are for sure <laughs> sisters of the heart. So good to meet you. Honored to be with you today. It's an honor to be with you. We looked you up on Instagram because that's what we do to all of our guests. We stalk them. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I love her already. Just your, <laughs> you look very vivacious and very full of, of life. So um, I love that. Speaking of fully alive, talk to me a little bit about there's there's a couple things I want to hit pretty hard. But what is the um, what was your inspiration behind writing this book? Well, uh, for those who know my story, some don't. But, uh, you know, when I was a young mom, I have three grown sons now, all married, one grandbaby. But when I was a young mom, during my pregnancy, believe it or not, I'd been on bed rest for six months. And my doctor let me get up for a day to see if I would be okay without contracting. And uh, 
I met some girlfriends from college. We went for a walk. I was so careful. It was a fall day. By nighttime, I was back in bed. Two weeks from that outing, my face started to go numb. My arms started to prickle, started to get these neurological symptoms with three more months of bed rest to go. And it was horrifying to me to be in bed for six months with a one and a three-year-old counting off every single day going, you know, five more months till mommy can make your sandwiches, four more months till mommy can care for you, to all of a sudden knowing that there's this overlap that not only do I have these months on bed rest, but I'm facing something as a 20-something-year-old that was horrific because neurological diseases are are horrible, you know, and so fear followed me whole. Long story short, I contracted Lyme disease on that one day that I got up, got bit by a deer tick, never knew it, um, but a year later would find out that's what was wrong with me, and I really battled severely in those young years as a mama, and then over the last 20 years, I've had chronic health issues, but I've worked in the fitness industry for a lot of years. I'm very health-minded, so I did everything I could to do my workarounds, to respect my limits, you know, to contend for the faith. I mean, I, I've, I've gone after it because I knew God wasn't finished with me yet, and I had things I wanted to do, which brings me to the present. About three years ago, I suffered a massive health relapse, and uh, you know, I talk about it in the book, but it kind of culminated one day in the bathroom where I was, I was just overcome, not only because my symptoms were coming back, but new symptoms were coming. And so I wondered, is this line, is this something worse? Are my worst fears coming true? And I'm in the bathroom. At the same time as all this stuff was going on, my neck was going numb. My esophagus was spasming, so I couldn't swallow. Mm. I had these bone-crushing headaches, blurred vision, dizziness. My arms were numb. With all that, apparently when there's a high inflammatory response in your body, it can push your serotonin levels down, which then pushes up involuntary anxiety reactions in your body. Like these just surges an explosion of anxiety beyond your control. And wow. so I, I felt like I was in a hellish war zone. I can't even explain to you physically and even spiritually. I was overcome. And I'm like, I'm begging God, please don't let me go through this. I'm begging you, don't make me go through this again. Not at this age and stage of life. Oh, God, have mercy. And I was just crying out to him. And the enemy's like, I've got you now. And and I, I really, I felt like I'd been pinned against the wall by a throat because my whole neck and face were numb. And like I said, my throat kept spasming or I couldn't swallow. And, and the Lord whispered to my heart so clear, but it was a whisper in the chaos. And the storms reveal the lies we believe and the truths we need. And I'm like, what? And he whispered it again. The storms reveal the lies we believe and the truths we need. And I'm like, wow. what lie? What lie do I believe, Lord, in this chaos? If you could just picture it, you know, and... And then I hear it in my ear, railing in my ear, and it was a lie that I picked up when I was a child, and it was the enemy saying, I can get to you anytime, anywhere. God will never stop me. And it, it just railed in my body. And I, and the Lord, this was like, I, it was just a warfare battle, but I'm telling you, the Lord just whispered back to my heart, Susie, that's the lie that you have believed, and it is not true that he has had open access to you. In fact, he's been on a short leash, and you can't know what I've provided in your life. You don't even know what I've prevented in your life, but we don't outrun fears. We turn around and we face them. I am not going to let you lose, but I have to let you fight. And yes, yes, it feels like he has you by the throat, but soon the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet, and you will have your foot on his. So you have to fight. And that began this D-Day battle. So not only did I have a health battle on my hands, but what God allowed, and I say this for all of us, I believe it with everything in me on the other side of this battle now, that he will allow, when the time is right, an overplayed enemy attack, 
when it's time for us to be delivered of past traumas, of fears. We don't have to go looking for it, but the storm will reveal the lie we believe in the truth we need. And this book ended up being a book on inner healing, on wholeness, and how it pushes out into our physiology. You know, I've been doing a lot of the right things. I'm a pretty disciplined person, and I want to live. i got stuff I want to do. But what I didn't know was there were soul things still buried so deep that God was saying, now's the time. We're going after this. And uh, and I did a lot of research. I've interviewed doctors and brain experts, and, uh, and then I've studied Scripture. And what it, I, this is what I've learned, uh, is that what happens in our soul happens in ourselves. Mm. And we've got to take care of what's happening in our soul. And that I, as I've studied this, Autumn, I really do believe that when God says, you know, he wants to restore our soul. It's a shalom restoration. It's a well-being. It's a wholeness. It, it just transpires into every part of who we are. And I submit to you that the gospel and the kingdom and the promises of God are far more reaching than we once thought, that, than I once thought. So that's what the book is about, is an invitation to go to those places with God and see what, he, what kind of truth he will bring to those places in your soul. Oh my goodness. Okay. Did she not just preach y'all in the studio? That was, that was phenomenal. That's exactly why I wanted to talk about this book. You actually talk about something that I have. It's, it's, it's a frustration to me that are we, we, even in the church, we treat symptoms rather than the actual problem. And yeah. um, we have this culture of treating, everyone wants to know how to fix what's wrong with them. But and that's kind of easy to spout off. But a lot of things, these things that that we struggle with come from a deeper place. Can you talk about that for a minute? Well, absolutely. I love that you brought that up because this is the thing is one of the the themes throughout the book is this is what we're going to do. We're going to pursue healing and we're going to pray for a miracle, which means we're going to do our part and we're going to ask God to do what only he can do in his part. But the pursuing healing, when we are treating symptoms all day long, really we are such a quick fix culture that we're so used to treating symptoms that we've come to just want workarounds and shortcuts yeah. so we can get on with our very busy life. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We want relief. And I say God wants redemption. Yeah. You know, we want a break. And God's like, no, I want you to have a breakthrough. And you can't have that as long as you're doing just enough to get by. Just get a Band-Aid on it so I can get moving again. So instead of saying, asking just the what, get to the bottom of the why. Why, why am I having chronic headaches? Or mm. why am I chronically... Uh, you know, perpetuating thoughts of insecurity around what people think of me. There are things, there are reasons for some of these things. And in autumn, one of the reasons I actually didn't want to jump in this way in this conversation, I think I opened the introduction saying this is a book at first I never wanted to write. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd be curious what you think about this. But as a person who's battled with my health my whole adult life, I've encountered super strong opinions in the kingdom about healing. You have one extreme that says God always heals, and if you don't get your miracle, it's on you. Your faith is deficient. Mm. That's so painful for someone who chronically suffers. And I have godly mentors who got sick and died who weren't lacking faith. So, you know, I struggle with that. But on the other side, there are those who say God never does this anymore. Mm. And I got to tell you, yes, he does. I mean, my own son was a recipient of a medical miracle you cannot explain, and there are documented cases all over the world Mm. that God is just saying yesterday, today, and forever. What I'm saying is somewhere in the middle, there are masses of us Mm. who've been maybe getting used to a low level of misery, and we've gotten used to a low level of misery, and God is saying, do you want to get well? Mm. Because if you want to get well, let's talk about this. You know, maybe for you, you need to go to bed on time. Mm. That would change everything, you know, or maybe you need to revamp your thought life and where it goes when you think about the future or other people's opinions. Or maybe you need to give up gluten because it's making you sick. Mm. You know, you just don't know. But rather than quit popping a pill all the time, how about if we just ask the Lord, 
Are there things that you want from me? How can I pursue healing? And then Jesus do a miracle that only you can do. Mm. I What was the line? Okay, that was all amazing. I, I, I want to go back to what God told you that day in the bathroom. Could you Can you tell me that line again? Yes, the storms reveal the lies we believe and the truths we need. I feel like God wants me to share this, and I, I don't think I've ever shared this on um, on air before. But uh, several years ago, I, uh, you know, Susie, I don't, I know you, you may not know anything about my story, but um, when I, 20 years ago, I was married to an abusive man Mm. and um, in the abuse, I was kicked out of my church and my dad was the pastor of the church. It was like, it was, it was a horrible situation. It was crazy. Um, But a couple of years ago, I had a girl on my team, she's 23 years old, and the, the listeners know that she actually used to be an associate producer of the show. She was super young, super talented. Um, called me one day. She said, I have brain cancer. And I was like, what? She died in three months. Oh. On the heels of that, I had someone close to me on my team betray our, our entire team, which, you know, that's mm. hard in ministry. I mean, I'm being raw here today, but both truth, yeah. raw faith, or raw emotion. Um. And it was about six months later that um, I started, like, I had these weird emotions. And I'm like, God, why? Why? I think what you just said about why, asking God why, where does this come from? Where does this insecurity come from? Where does this fear come from? Why? I was driving down the road, and God said, you have not grieved. You have not grieved your divorce. And on the heels of that divorce, you were betrayed. And I am bringing this storm in your life. Now, there's many different reasons, but the the message I needed to hear that specific day was I'm bringing this storm in your life to to lead you forward in truth. And that's Mm. exactly what you are talking about in this book. I called my assistant. I was crying. She had she had something she needed to talk to me about. And I was like, listen, I can't talk to you right now. Listen to what God just told me. And he revealed things that I had not dealt with 20 years ago that I had ministered uh, on behalf of for, for a long time. And so this, when you talk about treating the symptom, now I knew everything to say. I could tell I, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm a smooth, smooth communicator, smooth operator. But when it came to my heart, he knew what I hadn't dealt with yet. And that day started really almost surgery in my mind. Okay, God, what, what have I not let you into and, and heal it? Heal me from the inside out. And, and don't you think that healing comes in such layers? He's so careful with us. One of the things they say in the book is he knows how to extract those things from us mm. without actually destroying us. And I actually have a chapter in there on grief. And during one of my interviews with uh, Dr. Steve Arterburn, he said something that about knocked me off my chair. He said, Susie, I think one of the greatest epidemics of the church today is unresolved grief. <laughs> He said, we all have a series of hurts, losses, and disappointments, and none of us have slowed down long enough to sort through them. And I had to dig into that. I interviewed more doctors and counselors, and I found it's absolutely true. You've got to feel it to heal it. You've got to slow down to sort through it. But once again, when we are just doing workarounds, we step it down because we don't know what to do with it. It will push out into our physiology. It has to go somewhere, and that is where it goes until physical symptoms start to get our attention. Now, you imagine how many Christians, you know, they start to have anxieties, they start to have feelings that they don't like, and they numb out on whatever their favorite thing is. Some are numbing out privately on 
alcohol and different things uh, like over usage, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Others are numbing out by joining a fifth or sixth committee. And Jesus is saying, I'm not asking for any of that from you. Actually, what I want you to do is create some space to walk through this thing with me so I can bring some healing and resolution. What you encounter hurt. And I want to touch and speak to that. And, you know, uh, I tell a story in that grief chapter about a friend of mine who had some sexual trauma at the hands of a family member when she was a child, and nobody believed her. Mm. And she gets older. She's a young adult woman, and she and her husband are trying to get pregnant, and they just couldn't. And they had one more test that they were able to do to determine if she was a candidate for in vitro. But the doctor said, this test will say either, yes, we can move forward and try in vitro, or this is the end of the road, and you physically just can't have children. Mm. Every time she got close to making the appointment, all this panic and fear and dread and, and heartache came up, and she kept postponing it, and she thought, something's coming up for me here. Wow. I have counseled through the sexual trauma as a child. She went to counseling, but she's like, something's coming up. I've got to go deal with it. So she went back to her counselor, and they revisited some of the things uh, that she went through as a child because some family members believed her and some didn't, and there was just somehow this was connected for her. She sorted it through. She says, this is the day I'm ready. So she makes the appointment, and at the risk of sounding too graphic, the doctor inserts the scope and bumps into this wall of scar tissue that mm. verified that she'd actually been sexually abused as a child. So right there, she was oh, wow. vindicated because it was like there's physical evidence of what she said was true. But then the doctor said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep pushing. I'm going to try to break through the scar tissue. She said, can you just hold on and let's just do this. And my friend just held on and that gal pushed the scope through the scar tissue, took the scalpel to it. She said she was just sweating on the table. It was so painful. Mm. On the other side of the scar tissue, was a perfectly viable uterus. And the doctor said, I think we just found the reason you couldn't get pregnant. In fact, I think you're going to be back here in four weeks to tell me that you are pregnant. (laughs) And that's that's what happened. (laughs) And And I use that story as an analogy is, you know, anytime we're about to break through to go to a new place, the enemy will put up this big wall yes. of fear of past of, and you turn around, you make a U-turn going, I can't get there from here. Mm. But what if you start to push through? What if you start to believe there is life on the other side of my hurt? So mm. instead of doing workarounds, instead of numbing out on the pain, we press through to say, there's life on the other side of this thing. This thing will not always define me. You will find a promised land on the other side of mm. your hurt. And I'm saying it's going to take some grit to sort yeah. through some of these things. I mean, it took some courage for you to go, okay, I haven't sorted through all these losses. I'm going to do that. And then when you do that, Autumn, mm. imagine the credibility and the authority and the wisdom you have because you, you found some blessing in your battle. You sorted mm-hmm. through and let the Lord touch on and speak to those hurts. Now you have something to impart to other people. I think we're so afraid to revisit these things. Yeah. We do it with the Lord Jesus right at our side. Well, and what it, what exactly you just said is so important for people to understand. You know, we want to go around it. We don't want to go through it. And um, I, that was about three months before I wrote a book last year called I Am Rahab. Um, and so it released and it talked a lot about my the abuse that I that I went through in my marriage. And um, I God needed to heal me and identify things in me before I could even minister on that level. It wasn't a hateful thing that he did. It was a healing thing that he did, mm-hmm. forcing mm-hmm. me to say, listen, I'm going to have you confront this because it, 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 it has taken up residence in you just like that scar tissue long enough. Let's break through. So mm-hmm. I, I love it. I love what you said about grief. Can we just go back to that for one second? 
I think you are so dead. This was actually one of my highlighted things. Um, I think you are so dead on with grief. I think one of the things that we do is we categorize grief with just a death. And um, it's it's not that. Just like you just said with the, um, the sexual abuse as a child that wasn't believed um, with a divorce that, that you, that, you know, take time to get, let the scriptures wash your mind. I don't think, I think whatever Stephen Otterburn said to you is a completely genius because we we're walking around with all these things that we haven't dealt with. And we're wondering why we struggle with these emotions that we struggle with and the insecurities that we struggle with. You want to speak to that a little bit more? Oh, do I ever? Because, you know, I'm going to look at two sides of the one coin. One of the things that we do, women more than ever, but I think men probably do it just as much in a private way, but we compare and then we despair. You know, we look at everybody else's highlight reels, especially on social media, and we look at our mess inside, and then we despair because we don't measure up. Well, in the same way, we do it with suffering in a kind of a backwards way where we look at the world suffering, we look at human trafficking, we look at whatever. Like you could say with your divorce, you would say, well, you know, so-and-so, actually their spouse died. So then you let it minimize your suffering. Now, it's Mm. good to look at a broader scope of the suffering in the world when we need perspective. It never is when you're talking about healing, because if you diminish and minimize your loss, you'll never heal from it. Mm. I'm telling you, it's like if you lost a job and it felt like someone cut your arm off, you have to feel it to heal it. And if you don't, Mm. you'll do one of two things. You'll get into a victim mindset when you rehearse, rehash, rehearse, rehash, and, and a root of bitterness will grow up and you're not healing from that. Or you get into kind of a denial place and then you get the scar tissue and it affects and you know what you have when you have scar tissue in your body mm. that's where uh, disease can grow cells can attach icky things can it keeps you from being flexible and your body from moving the way it's supposed to move you want to get rid of the scar tissue yes. and this is where we go when we don't deal with the losses so i would say give yourself some permission you know especially like you said with divorce there's such a stigma attached and you, you know here you're a, a victim in a situation you need to feel the loss around that and let the Lord speak to it so you can triumph victorious over it. But you can never get there unless you quit minimizing it and say, this really hurt. Mm-hmm. This, this is a loss for me. And you sort it through because God is tender and his compassion yes. never fail. I promise you, he never rolls his eyes at you when you <laughs> say this thing hurt. He doesn't ever breathe a heavy sigh. Like he doesn't do that. He, he ministers. It was endless compassion to his children when they're really honest about the things that have broken their hearts. I love this. I think, honestly, I think every, I think, I think we're bringing healing today. I don't, I actually could talk about grief forever. Cause I think that is oh like an epidemic, especially in the church with people saying, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. Everything's fine. No, it isn't. It's not fine. Yeah. You just went through a divorce. You've been abused. You know, you, your, your, your child just passed away. It's not fine. You know, let, let's talk to it for a minute, man. We anyway. Okay. We could preach on that forever. I loved what you said here. We only have a couple of minutes, but I, I've got to get to it. Um, you say we must adopt a zero tolerance policy towards fear. Obsessed with that. What What are your thoughts on that? Oh, my. You have to cut me off if I go too long, but I'll just try to make this quickly synopsis. That was one of the things that I picked up because of some childhood trauma at the hands of some teenage boys, fear was a constant issue that I had to battle. But it was like for years, I was just playing whack-a-mole. But this time with this relapse, fear came in a whole new level. And when I learned on the physiological uh, end of my doctors, I have a functional med doctor and MD doctor, both Christians, both sat me down separately and said, you are dealing with massive amounts of inflammation in your body. And did you know that when you allow fear in your mind and in your heart, 
you're literally opening the door to a cascade of inflammation in your body. You can't mm. afford it. So do what you can do to get rid of it. Well, I've read in Scripture a gazillion times, do not fear. And for those of us who battle fear, that's just easier said than done. But when I realized I was actually, I had something to say about what fear was happening and in, in how it was impacting my physio- physiology, I thought, I, I have to win this battle. Mm. And so I did. I practiced a zero tolerance policy on fear. And when I studied how the brain works, it takes you about a month mm. for your body to, to frame new neural pathways. And you, it's like when you, whatever your repetitive thoughts are, your body, your brain basically forms like a four lane superhighway. It's making it easier and easier to go to that thought process. Mm. And, but the thing is, you can retrain your brain. So I've like visually in my mind, put a road close sign on that four-lane superhighway of fear. And when my symptoms flare to scary levels, I'm like, nope, I'm not going there. Wow. I'm turning, I'm creating a new pathway in my brain. And it's just, God, you're good. Your promises are true. You will yeah. always make a way for me. It was, I had, it was a fierce battle, Autumn. But mm. I'm telling you, after a month, it, my instinctive default to fear went away. And that's wow. what happens in your brain. Your brain literally deletes the pathway that you're no longer using. So once I had a physiological understanding, and then I paired that with the spiritual power that comes from the Holy Spirit and God's Word, it brought that whole renewing your mind, being transformed because you changed the way you think to a whole new level for me. And and so, I, yeah, I spent a whole chapter on fear, and I've heard a lot from readers on that chapter for sure. It's amazing. This what what you just described is what we call on the show doing the work. You got to do the work. Yeah. You got to do the you work. Do. It might take a month. It might take longer. It might take shorter. I don't know. But you got to do the work. People don't want to work anymore. They don't want to work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you do this the work. book is not for the person who wants an easy fix. This yeah. is the person who's like, I'm ready to do the work. You're yes. exactly right. Yes. Yes, girl. Yes. My guest today, Susie Larson, incredible book, Fully Alive. Go pick it up. Um, Susie, thank you so much for being on our show. What an honor and what insight that you brought to these these things that we ch- we chatted about. Well, I pray I, we can, uh, our paths will cross autumn because I love you. <laughs> I think you're amazing. I love you too. I mean, I, I you had me at your Instagram. Um, you had me at your Instagram, Susie. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, and you can catch me, guess what, back here tomorrow on The Autumn Miles Show. The Autumn Miles Show is listener supported and your donation to keep her on the air is much appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And if you make a donation of $100 or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of her book of the month. This program is underwritten by Mary Maids of Fort Worth. Your future starts now. Thanks for listening. And join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on the Word 100.7 FM.